Alright everybody, welcome to Back in Tune special What the Fuck edition. <laughs> uh, where we pick something in the animation that is completely bonkers and try to make some sort of sense of it. Uh, I'm your host, Michael, and my guest this week, Tony, chose Mystery of the Third Planet. How's it going, Tony? It's going alright. Like you know, just uh, this is one of two of the most bonker things I've ever seen, and I'm glad that I had the chance to recommend this. Alright, so I watched this movie, and by the way, there's many versions of this movie. Uh, Mystery of the Third Planet was sold as like a cheapie from the dollar store. I'm guessing that's how you saw it. It was one of those like, mm-hmm. bargain as, bin as kind a of kid. things. And uh, it's completely different than the original version. I found the original version, which was all you know in Russian and it had its subtitles, and that didn't help. Um, and then there's a third version called Alice in the Mystery of the Third Planet, which is from Mikhail Baryshnikov's Stories from My Childhood. Now. Um, which version did you just did you just watch this, or do you have this burned in your brain? Oh, I had this burned in my brain, but I also have the copy on VHS originally, so I'm imagining it's the cheapo uh, copy version that was brought to the U.S. early on. Yeah, was yours dubbed or subtitled? Oh, it was dubbed. Okay. Yeah, that's the one I tried to watch on YouTube, but somehow it was even more painful than the original one. Oh, yeah. Okay, so... To explain this movie is impossible from my side. I even went to Amazon to find some reviews of it. Nope. It's like the movie doesn't exist. I went to Wikipedia to find it. And, okay, do you, did you ever watch news radio? I did. I love news radio. Okay, do you remember the episode where Jimmy James has that book that doesn't sell whatsoever in America, so they take it over to Japan, and then it's so popular there that they bring it back to America? So it's... Is English translated Japanese then back to English and it's complete nonsense? Yes. That's what the yes. entry on Amazon or on uh, Wikipedia looks for this movie. <laughs> oh man, this is a beautiful thing. I, I, I wanted to read some of this, but I feared that I would have an aneurysm. So just go to Wikipedia and try to figure out what do you know about this movie if you could try to explain to someone else. All right, so this movie, and I've actually just been introduced to this technique in the literary function recently. Um, is basically a stylistic of where the writer feels like he is writing the movie as he goes. So as the movie starts off, you know, it's just them getting ready to go on a trip. And every subsequent scene just keeps adding more and more to the movie. So if you're watching it trying to figure out, like, if it's a classic movie where they foreshadow everything, they foreshadow nothing. It is <laughs> literally like you just you just go into the next scene, like, what's going on now? So, wait a minute. Scene, this is, what's going on now? This is an animated movie that's basically the same as one of those improv sketches where someone starts a story, the person next to them has to continue that story until it gets back to them? That is entirely how it felt to me as I watched it and rewatched it and tried to figure out more and more of it. I, I, all I could figure is that the the writer of the story had like a big page of like things that could happen, and every couple of minutes would just roll a dice and be like, okay, and this this happens, okay, and then this happens. Like there just seems to be no rhyme or reason to every scene that follows the previous one. It is trippy too. That animation is really off the wall, and it kind of. It's exciting at the same time, kind of nauseating. You're like, I don't understand how this even came about. What's up with the giant mutant ears? <laughs> what What kind of bothers me is that, uh, like, so in animation, there's scenes where things are fluid and scenes where things jolt around, and that's trying to, you know, track your attention and get you excited and what have you. This entire movie is super smooth. Like, even the combat is just very fluid, and you're just like, like, did they just fall into each other, or did they fight there? <laughs> 
now this isn't a full movie. This is only like 55 minutes long, so it's not a full-fledged film. But here's a weird thing. I'm looking up where this was released. In America, it was released by Touchstone Pictures, which is owned by Disney, which Mm -hmm. surprises me. They were like, yeah, this is up to snuff. Uh, Let's throw that out there. And it was released twice, May of 87 and then December of 98. And I wonder if they altered it at all or just said, we're out of this, just... It just cut it to try to change make, make some sense of it and someone just goes i can't i can't do it <laughs> i will just just i, I want to hear it is put back out again the other crazy part is it was released in 2001 now by this time the movie is nearly 20 years old it was finally released in bulgaria combined with the movie driven you know the stallone <laughs> flick the car racing how yeah. do those go together <laughs> You know, it's 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 the ongoing theory of Mystery of the Third Planet. Pretty much just goes with whatever because it doesn't go with anything at all in the first yeah. place. It's weird. And the latest release date was uh, in Ireland, 2014. This is nearly 30 years after it was done and it was finally released in Ireland. Uh, <laughs> this movie has a lot more longevity than almost anything else I can think of. <laughs> it's just it's surprising to hear about these release dates because, like, you know, like I told you, like when I originally watched it, I had the you know, the 87 VHS copy of it. So, like, I didn't even know that they kept releasing it as, you know, we went through time. Oh, this I is can't like, even imagine. Yeah, well, this is like a franchise. I mean, it was released in 82, but it's also had arcade games based on it. There are sequels. I think it's based on a book in the first place. It's very strange. Now, I'll tell you, if, if any listeners go out there and try to watch this movie, you're going to watch it go, like, how could this just... I don't... Why would anyone look at this and be like, we can do more with this? All right, so what I've gathered from this, and it's so hard to explain, I feel like it was about two scientist buddies who I think are in a relationship. Uh, even though homosexuality is banned in Russia, they really seem like they're a couple, and they have a little girl helping them along collect these weird space animals for a giant zoo? Is that what you got? Or, I, I, the best I can tell is like they were just researchers. I don't even know if they were collecting it for a zoo, much less just research whatever was going on. I mean, but yeah, that's... That's kind of what it felt like. like. That's how it started, and then they got the speak bird, and everything just went upside down from there. Yeah, it's crazy. I think it's funny also. I'm looking at the, the Wikipedia entry, and they say things so differently. Like, instead of uh, you know the entry where it says how it was filmed or filming whatever, it just says yeah. shootings. So I automatically assume that people were killed while making this movie, but no, <laughs> that's just how they say filming. This had to have been translated because it makes no sense. But yeah, like there's just so many really interesting characters because all the characters are just are very different from each other and usually like when you have an animation group working on something there are some similarities between characters to a degree but you're watching this and you start off with like two regular joes and a girl and all of a sudden there's like this giant big space barrel with arms and hands and head and what have you and then you get like these giant ear creatures and like this pig man and you're just left wondering how how do any of these races exist? I mean, whoever created this just had no system to his drawing at all. It was like, go with whatever, we'll, we'll, make, we'll make it work. You know what's weird is this would fit very well with Yellow Submarine. If any animated movie you could pair it with, it would be that one. True, it is quite a trip. Especially when, like, uh, what's got the indicator comes in and you don't know what he indicates. It just changes colors for no reason. I mean, it's it's a big, giant trip of a movie. The, uh, the the second time this was edited, uh, I think it's funny, the entry here says, the second dubbing in was released in the 19th, 90th years by the films. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> but it says, this version was cut by six minutes, it was reorganized, uh, like the scenes or whatever, and then the voice uh-huh. of Alice was done by Kirsten Dunst, and the chatterer was done by James Belushi. 
Wow. Yeah, I just want to see it, that version. I want to know if James Belusi starts yelling at these animals like, Jerry Lee! Jerry Lee, get back here! <laughs> See, like, <laughs> now I have, to, I have to go and just check out all these new uh, versions of the movie because, like, I've only ever experienced the... Uh, the 87 version this yeah. makes me super curious now yeah i wonder how many if it was edited differently for every single country it was released in like is this new irish version that was just released completely different than the version we've seen that or there's a bunch of irishmen out there going what am i watching <laughs> by the way the planetary system that they live uh that they are in or whatever is called jellyfish that's it just the the galaxy is called jellyfish that's, I don't know. I, I, this long pause is us taking that in and trying to make some sense of it. Why would you call... Uh, never mind. I guess. Milky Way. Uh, someone had to name something nonsensical. I cannot make heads or tails of this movie, but it's almost like required to see it just so you can compare it to everything else. Go, well, at least it wasn't Mystery of the Third Planet. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely one of those, this is so bad, it's, it's good, but it's bad movies. Like... You know, like, you go out of your way to watch bad movies, and this, this has to be on your list, you know, because you just, you can't have this pain in the world and not share it with somebody else. There is another movie this reminds me of that was edited to death, chopped up, and it's, like, completely different everywhere you look, is a movie called Arabian Nights. Oh, uh, yeah. Richard Williams, he did it right after Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and it's been released here as Arabian Nights, but overseas it's completely different, and it's, like, a half hour longer, and the voice actors are completely different. And it makes a lot more sense. I think sometimes when you take these little independent animated movies, um, they just sell them off to whatever distributor will take them, and then they just manipulate it the way they want to manipulate it. Yeah, you, you'll get that. I mean, it happens a lot in the animation sequences, like early animation. Um, and not even just animation. Hell, they did it for TV series like like Firefly, where it's like, yeah, I know this is the order that it is in. <laughs> we We're going to release it in this order. You know, and so like you'll get that in things like uh, like when Macross was brought over to the U.S. It was like, well, I know it's called Macross, but we're gonna call it Robotech. Okay, yeah. then in season two, we're gonna call it Southern Cross. It's like, why would you even just change the name? It's still the same show. What was it? I was thinking. I think it was Battle of the Planets. Was literally two cartoons that they chopped up and put together. Yes, they literally combined two cartoons together, and we're just like, uh, uh, um, gotcha, man. And I mean, you can't you can't just do that. You can't just take things and just jam them together and be like, okay, we're good to go. Can you imagine if someone had taken G.I. Joe and then um, uh, the Rambo cartoon and Chuck Norris and the Karate Commandos chopped them all up and put them out as one, like Action Force? Yeah. Actually, isn't it called Action Force over in England? I think I'm. <laughs> I think I did that. I, honestly, <laughs> I I couldn't tell you for sure. I mean, but it, it's a very American thing to do. Let's just grab three things from random places and jam them together, and sometimes it works. I mean, check out bro, you know, pro stars. You got basketball, you got oh. football. I mean. <laughs> How have we not discussed this yet? Oh my god, we keep talking, we keep bringing up pro stars. Alright, so you were just saying that this is one of the most mind-boggling things you've ever seen. What was the other one? Is it another animated movie? Um, there is a, well, it was brought into the U.S. around the same time, kind of like, a, but it's more closely tied to Space Battleship Yamamoto, or whatever you want to call it, uh, Star Blazers. It was released in the U.S. as uh, Captain Future. Ooh. And I was I was introduced to this uh, show at the same time. This actually is a lot more cohesive, mm -hmm. but the dubbing is fantastic, and the storyline is just you just left going, holy crap! This is this is the story. I can't believe this is gonna happen. I'm, I'm gonna force you to watch it at some point, and we're gonna share no, it no, with the viewers. But... That should be the next episode. We should do that. We should just do movies that are just completely bizarre as part of our what the fuck editions. I want <laughs> to discuss two movies. Um, 
There is a Mark Twain animated movie that is claymation that is completely insane. And right. Pinocchio and the Prince of Darkness, basically our beloved little wooden boy versus Satan. Mm, mm. Well, I mean, definitely got to put that on our list. We got to alternate, you know, we only have so many out there cartoons to work with. Yes. And uh, that is it for us this episode. Thank you for joining me for this mini-sode. And um, check us out on Facebook under Back in Tunes. And Tony, thank you very much. Um, yeah, no problem, man. You know, just uh, world's wide plays. We don't get to see all the really crazy stuff. So if you listeners out there have something where you're just like, you guys got to watch this and I got to, you know, report on it, just let us know. Oh, totally. Yeah, we are pretty much game for anything. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's weird <laughs> my tolerance level is like, uh, yeah, sure, that sounds completely insane. I want to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so everybody, welcome to What the Fuck Tunes. That that music you just heard was from uh, Samurai Pizza Cats, and um, uh, I'm gonna ask my co-host Tony, um, what did you think of that song? I think that song really just lays down what you're gonna expect throughout the entirety of the cartoon, which is somebody announcing every damn thing throughout the entirety of it. <laughs> There's a lot of exposition, unnecessary narration, repeating of things. Okay, so there's a voice over in the uh, the opening theme that at first I thought was Paul Lind, you know, Paul Lind. He was always on Bewitched and Match Game yeah. and all these all these TV shows of the '70s. It was uh, very game show, yeah. Yeah, but then I started thinking about, it. I was like, oh no, of course it's not Paul Lind. It's supposed to be like a B 52s song. Oh, I never thought about it that way. Yeah, I almost guarantee you that that was the voiceover. Is like thinking more like, um, what the hell is his name, Fred? Uh, uh, whatever is he you know the one in b52 is always like 10 roof rusted yeah <laughs> i know i know exactly what you mean rock was lobster, rock, lobster. Yeah. <laughs> uh all right so this was a request a year ago uh for back in tunes <laughs> this is a spinoff of back in tunes if nobody knew that uh where we discuss bonkers weird straight up um hard to explain or just flat out terrible cartoons and um you know, there's a really good reason why I held off on this one. Have you seen this cartoon before? I saw this back when I was a kid, and I can honestly say without a shadow of a doubt, if I had a time machine, I would go back there and slap myself in the face. 
Because I, I loved it as a kid. I loved it. Yeah, I wanted to hate it so bad. There's so much in this that just made me curl up in a ball and like, fucking 20 minutes to go. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, but then they, they have these little brief moments that all of a sudden I was like, oh, that was a pretty good one-liner. Oh, self-retro. You know, they, they, they broke the fourth wall. And uh, I feel that was only in the American version of this, like with the voiceover. Yeah. No, like visually wise, like this is a super pretty cartoon. I mean, like this is a straight up like Jack from a Japanese animation and just superimposed with American like just sensibilities. You know, like they changed Okonomiyaki to pizza and they, you know, move things around and add in their own exposition using the the background guys and the foreground guys and the puns and like these puns never existed in the transition. So this is all custom script for American release. Yeah. It's uh, when I first heard about this, I was like, Oh, this is clearly a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles ripoff. Here's the weird thing is in the first episode, it actually references and kind of mocks it a little bit. Actually, even in the theme song, it makes you aware. Yeah. Of course we know this exists. We're not being stupid. Yeah. Now um, yeah. they're already wearing armor. Why is it that they change into more armor later when they go to battle? Honestly, like, I couldn't tell you because when they changed armor, there was barely any difference other than the fact that they were no longer wearing their business logo on their front. Like, that was all I could tell. Uh, and the names of some of these characters. Come on. Al Dente, Speedy, Cerveci, Polyester, yeah. Guido, Anchovy. Stupid. Just you stupid. know, it's, it's, it's over the top. Like, just out of control. Somebody just threw out whatever they wanted on this one because they realized that the audience that they're targeting, which is clearly kids, because if you listen to any of the talking going on, it's going to be way over the heads of a lot of kids. And like, we just say whatever we want because this is really pretty and no one's going to actually listen to what they're talking about. <laughs> All right. So the basic plot of this is uh, you got three robot cat samurais uh, who work at a pizzeria and on the side, they help save the universe from giant monsters. It, you know, it's got a little bit of kaiju in it, which I totally dig. Um, uh, you know, there's, there's really no logic. There's no reality whatsoever in this. Uh, so just leave that at the door, because otherwise you'll be, you'll be your brain will explode. Yeah, I mean, like it even starts off in the middle of it. For the most part, you have the idea that these cats have done things before, and the general populace doesn't like them at all, and the ruling class really hate to use them. And so, like, you're left thinking, what do these guys do in the first place to be so despised by pretty much everyone? Yeah, it's it's weird that one little kid's like, oh, there they go again. They're gonna ruin the town. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like, um, so I mean, are, are they just self-serving heroes? You know, are are they like the Tick but more terrible? <laughs> Speaking of, have you watched the new Tick episode yet? I did watch the new Tick episode. There are things I have to say about that, but I'm gonna save it for something else or outside of this because there's there's just too much. Yeah, I just I was curious. I watched the Van Damme pilot and it was amazing, but I don't see it. Oh, I, I need to watch that. I've heard great things about that. <laughs> okay, so Samurai Pizza Cat lasted fifty four episodes. Holy shit, I never even heard of this before. You know, it was with the exception of like someone going like, you know, suggesting it for the show. I didn't know it was on for a year. I seriously do not believe that it ever aired in Indiana. There's no way. It had to have been an East Coast, West Coast. Something. Something along those lines. But, like, a lot of the formula in this cartoon were hard-line, like, A-class things that people wanted to see. They, they had a little bit of Centurions, the triple team in there with the robotic pieces. They had some Power Rangers in there with the, the mechas and whatnot. They... You know, have the cartoon, the turtle aspect, you know, with the pizza. And so, like, they're, like, grabbing bits and pieces of just about everything they could find at the time and jamming it into this one thing that, 
you know, like me as a kid, I was just eating up. And I think I was eating it up because I didn't understand anything that was going on other than really pretty visuals. <laughs> and there, this was a huge overseas, apparently, because there was tons of video games, toys, all sorts of merch from Bandai. Did you ever see merch for this? I did not. But uh, to be fair, like, you know, a lot of these things, I didn't like the anime, what have you, materials. I didn't really see a whole lot of merch for where I was at. So oh, okay. I could just be like import, export type of deal. If you are a fan of this, which I got to tell you, um, I'm not usually a fan of anime. It's very difficult, especially the cutesy anime. I will I will watch like Robotech and I'll watch Voltron and stuff like that. It's more action boy oriented. The cutesy yeah. stuff, I almost just run away screaming from. Are, do you have a higher tolerance of that? Um, To an extent. I mean, like it depends on what's going on and like where is it going. But the older I get, the less I'm able to handle like just straight up slapstick, which this is like edging. Not edging. This, this, this lives in slapstick. This is like slapstick anime, which, you know, like unless that's your thing, it's not your thing. Yeah. Um, the complete series came out last January on Blu-ray from Discotech Media, so it is available out there. I uh, checked that out on YouTube. So if you want, if you've never seen it before and are curious, watch a couple episodes on YouTube. See if that's your thing. Um, but yeah, this is one of those where it's not really bonkers. It's not really that hard to explain. It's just the general concept is just odd, and it could have only yeah, happened around that time. Exactly. It's very much in its era. Like if you think back to like mid nineties where, you know, like you're getting all these spinoffs, you're getting VR troopers, you're getting, uh, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, superhuman samurai cyber squad, oh which was, yeah, don't get me started, man. I'm all about superhuman samurai cyber squad. I mean, <laughs> you know, Matthew Lawrence, one of his early appearances as uh, what was it, Ultraman, basically, it was basically Ultraman for America. I was like, oh, man, yeah, bring all the Japanese stuff over. This is awesome. Uh, but there, uh, there was one where it had Jerry from Parker Lewis Can't Lose, you know, the nerdy one. He was yo, the one, yes, well, yes. Beetleborgs, maybe? Was it called Beetleborgs? I think that was uh, Big Bad Beetleborgs, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't ask why I know that. I just I know that, okay? But these are all from the same company. Even Samurai Pizza Cat is from a company called Saban. Um, mm -hmm. They've been around and, for just ever. Oh, yeah, and they basically started off with, like, one dude just saw a Japanese, you know, like, Power Rangers show, and like, I want to bring that over. And then they're like, that did really well. Let's bring more stuff over. This is going to be great. I'll make uh, tons of money. It's weird that he's now in film production. Like, not nothing to do with anime, nothing Japanese. He's just doing these films for, like, a low amount of money. Like, he did Cell this summer and a couple others. And he has a uh, uh, Power Rangers movie coming out soon. I, I wonder if he's, like, starting to go through his catalog of old stuff. And uh, if he's passing up Samurai Pizza Cats going, eh, it's not their time yet. But eventually we'll get a live-action version. <laughs> Oh, I hope that we don't, because it's just, it's not going to pan out for anybody. Yeah, Seth Rogen as Pito Guadzucci, <laughs> or whatever this name was. <laughs> Jonah Hill as whoever. <laughs> Jonah Hill is in everything. Anna Ferris. <laughs> and Tina Fey. There we basically is, just wrote this. There's a dog character in this cartoon where, um, the guy who does his voice, I don't know who it is, but he was like in every single one of these type of cartoons from that era. If it was from the late 80s, early 90s, he would be there doing that voice. I swear he does one for Inspector Gadget as his chief. Yeah, I'm telling you right now, man, like we've been through this before. There is like five voice actors in America. <laughs> Back in the 90s, there was like four, you know, one guy hadn't been born and trained yet. Yeah, uh, Saban started in 1983. So, yeah, there's a huge catalog of stuff there. And I bet you most of it I'm going to squirm through and cringe. You'll be like, I used to love this. 
Uh, you know, and like that's that's always the worst thing. You know, just like remembering back and like I used to love this as a kid, and then watching it again and be like, I just I hate myself so much. I just no wonder why I'm a little dumb sometimes. Oh, here just real quickly, I want to give you a few shows that were under his production arm: Super Mario Brothers Super Show, g- g- oh. g- the brothers, the brothers, the brothers. <laughs> Do the Mario boom 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 boom. And then it would have the live action version and the animated version. How have we not discussed that one yet? <laughs> That's Honestly, like... of Zelda. <laughs> Excuse me, princess. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> um, also, Inspector Gadget, of course, that is actually pretty solid. That's a great cartoon. The yeah. Mysterious Cities of Gold, which I don't know what that is. I don't recall that one either. JC and the Wheeled Warriors, Ulysses Saw 31, that. and Camp Candy. Camp Candy. You discussed uh, trying to do that last episode. So, get, You want to do that one for the next one? Oh, we can do that. Yeah, that sounds like fun. All right. Next episode, we're going to discuss Camp Candy. Anything else you want to say about Samurai Pizza Cats before we go? Um, honestly, if if you're checking this one out, even if you find that you don't really like it very much, have it play in the background because I bet you it'll, it'll surprise you. It's kind of like an entertaining background thing, I imagine. Yeah, it's got a lot of in-jokes. You really yeah. have to catch it because I had to rewind a couple times going, did he just say what I think he did? That's pretty Yeah, That's pretty it's, it's quick. Like it just It's just bam, bam, bam. You know, they, don't, they don't stop to explain. Let me ask you this before we go. Uh, how? What, what is your favorite style of pizza? Me? I've always been strictly like pepperoni. Maybe I'll get a little bit fancy. Um, I worked at a pizza place for a while, mom and pop place, and I actually made my own custom pizzas. And there are some things you can really do that makes it delicious that you just can't ask anyone to do for you. I, my favorite is the foldable New York slice. I oh, love big, greasy, uh, just cheese. Cheese is fine. I'll take pepperoni if they have it, but cheese just, oh, and the grease is dripping down your arm. <laughs> yeah, like my, my problem is like when there's just too much tomato sauce, which is why, why I can't do Chicago because it's basically like tomato soup. I'm yeah, like, no, well, I'm, I can't. I can't. Here's the thing. Is there's like three schools of sauce. You got the New York style, which is more spicy and herb-like. Uh, yeah. Chicago is a sugary kind of, yeah. and, and then in California they mix it up by doing like garlic sauce and you know uh, olive oil and stuff like that. Um, the Chicago style was huge where I lived in Indiana, and like yeah. one slice. I kid you not, there's a place called Oli's. Their pizzas are ten pounds. They promote ten pound pizzas. You would Jeez. eat one slice and be like, I'm done. I'm just gonna sleep here. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, that was uh, that was a lot of fun, and um, you know, just. Hope you guys out there are uh, checking these out because some of them are going to blow your mind. <laughs> yeah, I apologize. There was a little, a little bit of filler on this episode, but uh, frankly, there wasn't that much to complain about. It just wasn't my kind of thing. No, yeah, it's it's a very straightforward cartoon, and like, you know, like it's it's not one of those ones where you're yanking your hair out, going, "How the hell did they make these?" or what have you. But like, it's just it, it just leaves you like mouth gaping open, you know, just wondering like how 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 did someone come about just putting this together and thinking this was a good idea <laughs> all right everybody check us out on facebook under back in tunes where you can find this and our other podcasts under that, that i would just say it's a, kind of like a banner a label i don't know what to call it really it's not a company but it's just you know stuff that's in that idea you know comics and cartoons you'll find podcasts about that and uh uh, you and uh, Steven of Above the Airwaves have been filling in lately for me. Uh, check them out there. And uh, they're going to be doing some of the uh, Comics on Infinite Earths podcast for me for a little bit while I take a little bit of a vacation because I'm overdoing it. So thank you, Tony. Yeah, well, and thank you, Steven, for hearing this. Glad to do it. Glad uh, that you uh, are letting us do it.
go ahead and say before we start this episode, fuck Rubik. Fuck him right in the ear. Just right in the eyeball. Uh, this is Back in Tunes. I'm your host, Michael. My co-host this week for another one of our What the Fuck episodes. Tony, how's it going? It's going all right, and I'm about to say Rubik is the dick. Holy crap, oh, yeah. man. There's something just messed up about every single aspect of this show. Okay, first off, let's start with the theme song, which is clearly just poorly put together. Uh, sung by Menudo. Do you remember Menudo? I remember Menudo, yes. I, when I was a kid, they were promoting the launch of this. And Menudo was the host, and they would do like these little interstitials saying what cartoon was coming up next. I'm like, who the hell is Menudo? I grew up in Indiana, so it wasn't even a thing. I think I knew one Latino kid, and that was it. Uh, and it's also known as the band that would kick you out the minute your testicles fell. If you hit puberty, you're kicked out. You're done. And uh, I think the only person really famous to come from is Ricky Martin. And, I believe uh, so. He's the yeah, only yeah. one, yeah. But this is a band that would have like a revolving cast. I don't think that's ever been done with a band before. But it kind of shows you that uh, while it's respectable that they're trying to gain an audience that wasn't pure white, you know, because most cartoons was like across the board all white people. Uh, this has to be the worst thing they could have offered. <laughs> no, I'm with you. Like, I feel like, you know, not just the band, but this cartoon, Rubik's entirely, it follows a whole new line of theory, and I'm going to call it mexploitation. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, Scooby-Doo, we were discussing, didn't we do the Scooby-Doo episode a couple years ago, where it was at the very end with Vincent Price, and they tried to, like, uh, try to aim at the Latino audience by adding that little Yeah. Clip? Yeah, it always seems yeah. like they're only giving them the scraps, the leftovers, and it's kind of insulting. Mm -hmm. We're the top-of-the-line cartoons for international audiences. Which is probably why uh, Japanese animation is more popular in uh, Mexico, Canada, pretty much everywhere else, yeah. because, you know, whatever it is, like, it is what it is, we ain't trying to you know, explain anybody besides white people because, you know, they're always evil in those shows. Okay, so what I'm looking, I was trying to figure this out. Um, I, I, I looked up on Wikipedia, couldn't find anything about this. I was like, was Rubik uh, a huge seller in Mexico and is that why they did this? Or a huge seller at least on the West Coast? Cannot figure it out for anything. It Maybe it just seemed like an arbitrary choice. I just felt like it was kind of one of those popular puzzle toys that was kind of getting around at the time. Like, you know, I... I find that Rubik's Cube's kind of, kind of pop in and pop out, like yo-yos. Yo-yos kind of just pop in and pop out. No one really wonders why or how. Yeah, Rubik's are still sold today. I, I, I see them every once in a blue moon, like in some sort of, like, Spencer's or some sort of, hey, you remember this thing? And yeah, it was yeah. so insanely popular, they had a Rubik's Triangle, which I owned. They had a Rubik's Snake. I don't know if they went beyond that. The Rubik's Snake seems strange. <laughs> yeah, but this cartoon just... The episodes that are available for me to watch, uh, I chose one of the two episodes. There was one where like the girl gets superpowers, and one that was a Christmas episode. And I watched the Christmas episode. I don't know oh, about you, but I wow. wish. Yeah, I, I, yeah, usually we at least watch a handful or at least the whole movie of something, like you know the intro movie. Uh, this yeah. one's very hard to find. There's only two episodes that we could find anywhere on the internet to watch. All, of course, strictly off some old mono VHS tape. We respect the person for salvaging it, but. Uh, I, I, I watched both, and I wish you had seen the Super Power Lisa one, because that one is batshit insane. You thought the Christmas episode really? was crazy? This one is full-bore, like, 
hold on a second. Nobody put any thought into this at all. I mean, he gives. <laughs> so they're on the run. Basically, these kids have no parents taking care of them whatsoever. They're constantly on these adventures, from what I can tell, with no supervision. And it's not like they're over at the playground. They're like in the warehouse district. They're downtown. They're out in weird fields. They're, this is poor parenting to the extreme. Now, I'm with you. I, from the episodes I saw, it's, imagine like Johnny Quest, but with the you know race bandit and, and the parents just kind of wandering off, and you're like, who left these kids alone to do whatever they're doing right now? Yeah, well, at least Johnny and his best friend Haji, you know, they were like 12. We have like a four year old yeah. girl here, and in the yeah. Superpower Lisa one, she asked to be just like this cartoon character, uh, Superpower Lisa, and it gives her all the powers and everything. But there is a point in the episode where they're being chased around um, basically a construction zone. And they're like, get her out of here. She can't be safe, you know, with these two guys chasing after them. Why these villains are always after them is completely ridiculous reasoning. Usually you see like, oh, yeah, that's right. They're, they're, they're in elementary school. Fuck those kids. Let's keep doing what we're doing. Um, yeah. They, he, he goes, get her out of here. Put her in a safe place. And fast forwards, and Rubik is with the kids and everything. They get away from the bad guys. They go back to Lisa, and you want to know where Rubik put, uh, put her? Uh, on top of a crane. On top of the very top of a crane with nothing holding her at all. She's just kind of sitting up there about 50 feet in the air. No superpowers. Rubik's a dick. Rubik is yeah, a thoughtless dick. <laughs> he's such a dick. And also, he's very inconsistent, too. You're, you're left wondering, because he keeps using these different abilities and powers, and you see different color, like, beams shooting out of them, and apparently they all do different things. Yeah. But, uh, like, in the Christmas episode, I kid you not, he's floating 75% of the episode, and all of a sudden, he kind of just jumbles into a truck, and then gets tossed around. I'm like, dude, you float in the yeah. air. Why are you getting tossed around in the back of this truck? And clearly, it was a tool to use to just jumble all the colors so the kid can come and, like, redo the Rubik's Cube. But, you know, it was just like the, the original happenstance of it in the first place made no sense. It was like, you float, you can push things around, you know, and, yeah, it was like, there's, there's, no, there's no context to what you can and can't do other than the fact that you are a magical Rubik's Cube and you can do anything you want. And the Rubik's Cube is basically an infant, like a barely talking, barely word-gurgling infant. And these five, six-year-olds are literally taking advantage of vast cosmic powers of this baby infant cube that has no idea what it's doing because it's just having a gay old time. He's, if he wasn't a, like a child, it would be truly disturbing. There are nightmares I have now because of the giggle. There's, I, I hate giggling, yeah. period, but his giggling is just like, uh, it makes your skin crawl. It makes you just want to take a sand uh, blasted right to his face. Just like it, It's also poorly designed and animated. I really did they just stick does he have a neck does he have a stomach what is he yeah yeah no it's, it's just weird and you know like you, you get the feel that it's really designed to be like an episodic kids show but even with that in mind it's still a really psychopathic kids show it's just not I, I, I could barely get any moral out of any of the story than the fact that don't go wandering alone with supernatural powers outside of your means. This feels like Ruby Spears signed it off to their interns. Like, people had no real history of how to write a cartoon, how to design a cartoon, how to put it together. They're just like, you know those college kids that always run around getting coffee? What are they doing right now? Nothing. Hey, give them, that, give them the show. Give them Rook's Cube because, you know, we don't give a shit. It's, a, it's an expensive license, but whatever. You know, for, for a sense of, like, 
baseline, if I were to equate this to anything, it felt very much like Dragon Tales. I don't know if you ever watched that, Mm-mm. but it's this another. It's a cartoon of a similar nature, but these kids, like for some reason, somehow find a way into this dragon verse, to where like they have a bunch of dragon friends. But like in that universe, they go into a separate reality where they're hanging out with their dragon buddies. And they're doing things. Where in this universe, they just have a cube that's a dick that they end up getting left alone on their own out in the middle of nowhere all the damn time, and you're left wondering, who are your parents? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we. I don't know what the whole series is like. Watching the intro, you see that they run into some sort of evil magician who creates Rubik's Cube. You think he creates Rubik's Cube? I have no idea. How How do you create this thing? I don't understand how this uh, just an evil magician just has this. It's, it's like an outline of a plot. Like, they didn't bother True. to figure out how any of this stuff works, why it happens. It just happens. Yeah. Also, why is it a puzzle in the first place? I mean, you figure if you're going to create something, you're not going to create it as a debilitating thing that, you know, unless you had no other secret to it, you won't be able to, to put it back into place. I mean, I'm assuming that these kids found this puzzle kind of just unused and lost somewhere because the original, the original wizard just like, well, shit, I can't do anything about this. I can't put it back together again. <laughs> um, so when he does uh, get all scrambled up, what happens to his face? Does his face get all yeah, pulled, where's pulled that go? pieces? That's disgusting. It doesn't hover. I don't understand. Oh, man, yeah. Uh... I'm not going to say this is one of the worst cartoons I've ever seen, but I'm going to put it up there as one that just just creeped me out the entire time. And yeah. like, not in like, a, oh my god, I'm going to puke trying to creep out. Just like, this is just, this is just weird. This it's just unnerving. doesn't feel right. It's just, yeah, it just feels like you're watching a snuff film of animation. You're just like, this this can't be good. I, I feel grimy. It's like if Rob yeah, Zombie uh, made an animated movie, but played it as a straight-up cartoon instead of his usual style, but didn't tell anybody. Like, you just keep expecting something really bad to happen right around the corner. It's like, he's going to have a chainsaw on some kid's face! Yeah, no, honestly, like, that's actually a really good way of putting it, because, like, the entire time I was watching the episode, it just felt like, you know, that one dude's like, all right, y'all, you guys go over there with the flashlight. I'm going to head over here with that one, because I think I dropped something back there. That's what this entire cartoon felt like. The, uh, the scene you were talking about earlier, when he pushes the grandma out of the road, uh, I yeah. thought it was complete nonsense that they're all panicking when clearly the truck is eh, 50 feet away and it's on the other side of the road. She's not even headed towards it. She just happens to be in the road. And he pushes yeah. her. When you look at the animation afterwards, he pushes her almost into the truck, but around. She spins around or whatever, and then he runs into the truck. Clearly, Rubik had no idea how to use his powers because he could have just picked her up with telekinetic powers, picked her up out of the air, and then brought her back to the other side of the road. Yeah. And then there's the fact that, like, not ten minutes later when they're, like, the car dies and they have to somehow, like, sneak the car back into town without uh, Grandma figuring out that Rubik's is, you know, sentient. It's like, dude, your car is floating three feet off the ground. Your your grandmother is not actually using the steering wheel at this point because <laughs> the steering wheel won't change your your angle of left or right. It's Rubik's moving the entire thing. How do you expect her not to figure out something's different? Uh, did you think it was weird when they were trying to sing Feliz Navidad? It, it felt like they were singing it like they were forced to sing it. Like their parents had just died and it's the only thing they could... Feliz Navidad... I honestly like I didn't even know it was a Christmas episode when I started it up. I was just watching it and they're starting to see Police Navidad. I'm like, what is going on here? There's no no signs of, you know, they're doing a Christmas thing at all <laughs> until like they get into town and you realize, oh, they have gifts in the back and that's for Christmas. And I was like like, you know, I I don't recommend opening with that. Otherwise you just feel like, you know, once again, exploitation. It's like this is the only song that we know. That's Mexican. This is put on there. <laughs> uh 
I listening to the voice actors also I wonder if the children that were playing the uh, the two youngest siblings ever sat in a room with the oldest sibling clearly played by, uh, by an adult just sitting there going um, we're both in elementary school you're like 40 this is weird <laughs> welcome to Hollywood and any high school like movie ever yeah like 14, 14, 17, 35. What? I watch some of those movies from the 80s, and I look at them going, man, you're clearly enough, old enough to have a kid who's in high school now, and you're playing like a 16-year-old. And then there's, yeah, Ron no, Polio. A... there's Ron Polio as Rubik, who was in uh, uh, Welcome Back, Cotter. And this had to have been like at the end where he was just like, well, guess my career is over. <laughs> I don't know, you know, maybe he thought it was something different. He's like, oh, I'm going to do, you know, a, a kid's show. It's going to be great. I'll have something, you know, I can mark up. No, no, no. Uh, Michael dead, Bell, man. the Michael Bell who plays the older brother, uh, the reason his voice will sound so familiar is these are the pivotal roles he played in the 80s. Pretty much every cartoon in the 80s had him doing dialogue. Uh, yeah. He played Grouchy Smurf, Lazy Smurf, Handy Smurf. In, uh, obviously, the Smurfs. He played Prowl, Scrapper, Sideswipe, Bombshell, First Aid. I don't know who. I don't know half of these guys. Swoop, Gort, Brainstorm in the Transformers. I recognize Prowl and Sideswipe. <laughs> but most famously, he played Duke in the G.I. Joe cartoon and Lance in Voltron. So he's the only voice actor of all those that I recognize. I assume most of them were just child actors that uh, didn't go anywhere after this. But, um,. I'm pretty sure on his resume, he probably leaves this off. <laughs> it's one of those ones that uh, you have to really dig in IMDb to find. Yeah, I'm with you. The, uh, this was paired with another of-the-moment kind of cartoon of superior quality was Pac-Man. Uh, Pac-Man, I think, lasted three years. This lasted 13 episodes. I'm not even sure they aired all 13 episodes. But back then, man, we were not that discriminating with uh, what was on. It's like, well, we got three channels we got three choices, yeah, you know? It's not like now where they got to up the game. Whatever we throw in there. Speaking of uh, Pac-Man, of other great cartoons that were kind of like bonkers that we should watch, I'm going to throw out there that we should watch the uh, the Kirby cartoon. Have you haven't done that yet? Kirby? No, I haven't. Yeah, they did Kirby. Um, I'm going to give you a quick uh, idea of what to expect. Expect a cartoon with a big pink fluffy thing that is basically just a glutton the, the entire time is people just look at kirby and say stop eating that <laughs> get that out of your mouth what are you doing he just walks around and eats everything and i was like wow. I, I don't even know how this you know but yeah it's somewhat somewhat amusing so uh yeah you know, since so many... we, we couldn't get captain planet our captain future out there i figured yeah. i'll throw out another recommendation well we have also on our plate uh hammer man uh, all the celebrity oriented cartoons <laughs> hammer man the new kids on the block uh, there was a terrible karate kid cartoon um, yeah, I remember of course, that. We always try to say we, we try to do pro stars. Eventually, we will get to pro stars. Oh, pro stars! See, like that one, I feel like in my in my my memories at least, I feel like that was a good cartoon to a degree. Yeah, although well, I also we, think yeah, that we have to revisit these and actually cartoon. see if they are you know a waste of time. And we're we're kind of going on memories here, but we could watch them now and be like, that used to be awesome. Oh, that is not awesome anymore. Or yeah. oh, I guess I saw that in the wrong light. Now I get it. You know, that's that's. One of the exciting things about this whole project is the fact that we can just watch these cartoons, you know, like, you know, example given, uh, Bonkers. I was like, I remember Bonkers was so much fun as a kid. And then, like, I think about it now, I'm like, I bet you that show was really up to its original names. I think that show was probably Bonkers yeah. as all hell. Well, do you know the origins of Bonkers? That it came... um, I don't, actually. It's uh, Originally, it was designed to be Who Framed Roger Rabbit. 
Uh, but Universal oh. and Disney could not come on an agreement, so Disney went a whole different direction. And that's why you see that kind of outline of what Who Framed Roger Rabbit was, but they had to take all the characters and just redo them. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, there's literally from like 1975 to 1995, there are probably a hundred cartoons that are completely forgotten that no one really talks about. That's that's the point of the show is, yes, we do some of the big cartoons that everybody remembers so we can get some downloads, but it's also kind of a history lesson of shows that were only on for, what, six episodes, 13, and never aired mm -hmm. again, never on video, and it's kind of our thing to dig these up and discover them again. Yeah, you know, Creepy Crawlers, the cartoon, uh, Mighty Ducks, that was a fun one for me yes. as a kid. I, I haven't watched that. I don't know. Like, that was one of those ones where like, I'm always surprised that no one's ever heard of it. Was like, you didn't watch the My Ducks cartoon? That's where like, that was on for years. Nothing like the movies. Yeah, I thought it was on for like three or four years. I think so too, but it was just one of those ones where I guess it was just kind of niche. I mean, you know, it's like Pro Stars. Like, unless you're into sports, you you don't think about watching it, and then you watch Pro Stars. Like, this has nothing to do with sports. It's just like three sports guys saving the day. Do you remember Turbo Team, the kid who would get like oh. all excited emotionally and turn into a car? Was that a metaphor yes. for erections? Uh? I, I don't know, but man, that show, like, I liked it as a kid, but I think about it now, and I wonder, that's a really weird-ass show. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of what's on our plate this year, is kind of digging up these oddball cartoons. It, it's really rare if anybody remembers it and letting you know about it, uh, whether it's worth your time or it's totally like a, a head-scratcher, like, huh? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, if you're out there listening and you just happen to have, like, one cartoon where you're like, oh, this was ridiculous, I want to get these two to watch it because it's going to basically ruin their life. <laughs> Give it to us. We want that. We uh, want our lives ruined by cartoons. The fourth episode of Back in Tunes was accidentally erased. Um, it was the Battletoads uh, pilot episode, and we oh. were so miserable the whole time because this is before we could enjoy, like, mocking it. We just sat there going... Oh, we are 17 minutes into this. This is back when we used to do, you know, the whole thing, like do a commentary track. And I remember going, you know what, let's just end it here. And instead of going the full 22, we stopped at 17 minutes, and I accidentally erased it. And I've always wanted to do it again, but Jacob refuses to do it because he hated it so much. <laughs> I, I, I'm tempted to watch it again. Oh, man. So I'll tell you I, what, why don't you just put a poll on and see if your fans want to hear yeah. us be miserable watching Battletoads. <laughs> the whole episode's us crying. <laughs> it's like, we're just 22 minutes down to just five minutes of us going, why? Why are we doing this? <laughs> um, so that brings us to the end of this episode. Is there anything else you want to say about Rubik before we go? Um, if you get a chance and you see it online and it's available to you, just don't do it. Don't. <laughs> no. No, move along. No, I don't really do that too often. Just move along. Comet breeze from Mesa to the western skies with the sound of a thousand cattle drives. A chosen few would see the light and find the wrong with pride. Up on the Mesa.
everybody, welcome to What the Fuck Tunes. I'm your host, Michael, with lots of annoyance and rage in his heart. And on the other side is Tony for suggesting this. <laughs> what up, y'all? Oh, I like to say that uh, this piece of eye torture was coming 100% from me. Oh, boy. I, I don't know what to say about this. This, um... See, it's not so terrible that I felt like, oh yeah, this this is crazy. It's like fun to laugh at. Like that's insane. Like the way it was with Gilgan's Planets, and it wasn't yeah, one yeah. that was like kind of like um, a guilty pleasure, like the Harlem Globetrotters one. This is one where I was just like fucking angry about halfway through. Yeah. <laughs> it just it, like it just it starts off like oh this is kind of cute, and then it starts to get to the point where it's like I don't know if they're treating me like I'm an idiot or if they're just kind of like. Like, very, very hateful towards Westerns. <laughs> oh, I think it's hateful towards us. Here's the yeah, thing that I felt. About halfway through, I go, God damn it, this is another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles ripoff. Fucking bastards. You know, it's, just like, it's the same shit, just this time it's just so much uglier. Yeah, you like how the episode began with them singing their like introductions, and it also starts off with them explaining how a meteorite came down and it hit the area, and that's why everyone around there is up on their, you know, humanized. Oh. So, by all means, according to the opening sequence of the first episode, the only area that has walking, talking animals is this area. Yeah, well, okay, hold, explain to me this. How are they riding on horses that have not changed? How has every other animal changed except for those horses? You know, I'm going to go with the, the Zootopia theory where just some, some animals just happen to be there and some animals happen to not. Oh. Maybe those horses were brought in from outside the meteorite range. Maybe. But you think you would see talking horses next to them like, hey, how's it going, Trigger? And you're like, oh, yeah. yeah. Look. Is, it, is it weird that you're a horse, you're you're also riding a horse? Is that kind of like some weird racism? See, I, 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 I wish they would have gone with the Brave Star route, in which case the horse just is, you can, you can ride it, but really it just fights crime with you. Yeah, uh, and the other thing that bugged me is that it's called Wild West Cow, acronym, C-O-W, Boys of Moo Mesa. Now, if you know the acronym, another bullshit thing of the late 80s, early 90s in comic books and cartoons, um, it's Wild West Cow, uh, co hold on, Wild West Code of the West. What the, f shut up, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even try the acronym if you're going to already have the word West in there. Don't do it twice. <laughs> That's like a UPC code, you know, or a machine. People just like saying the same things twice. Oh, idiots. Um, <laughs> for some reason, you sound robotic, and I can't figure out why. Um, uh, that's weird, but uh, yeah, it must be connections in possibly. Maybe. Um, I'm looking at the production companies here. I don't know. Greengrass Productions, I don't know who you are. Gunther Wall Productions, I'm pretty sure you make uh, haircutting kits. I don't even think they're <laughs> supposed to be an animation. <laughs> um Okay, Ruby Spears. We know Ruby Spears. Uh, not a lot of good stuff came from them. They were known for doing Rubik, <laughs> the Amazing Cube. Yep, yep, yep. I uh, remember that one. You <laughs> bitch. Uh, how did this run for two seasons? How is I don't know, honestly. Like, like, this is just such a terrible, terrible cartoon, but it ran for two seasons and it had an arcade game. Oh my god, was there a toy line? This seems clearly a necessary toy line. I, I believe there was a toy line, yes. Oh my god. Can I tell you that I didn't finish the first episode? I didn't, I couldn't even tell you what the first episode was about. I was just like, same old bullshit. It is so bad. So bad. Oh, man. So anyways, uh, premise is uh, three young cowboys, otherwise known as the Tombstone Crew. Because it's basically like the Tombstone Crew. There's like one, you know, like clear-ass 
you know, are, are, are there sheriffs? Were they belly hunters? Like, I, I couldn't, you didn't watch long enough to find out. Either way, there's three dudes. Each of them are very different characteristics. The, the main character, uh, whatever his name was, he shoots actual stars from his guns. I don't know why. Fucking, I don't know. How did you even <laughs> buy that ammo? Who builds that gun? How do you right, shoot yeah. stars? Uh, another one, uh, like they're all named after states, too. So, like, I think there's, like, a Colorado, a Dakota, and I don't know what the last one is. All right, I'm going to look at these bullshit fucking names. I'm so annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we got Marshall Moo Montana, the Dakota dude. Oh, hey, voiced by June Cummings, the voice of Darkwing Duck. He must have been confused oh, one nice. day. Darkwing Duck and Dakota dude and signed on. Like, wait, what did I just... Oh, I'm going to Fuck. <laughs> and Cal Lorado Kid. Okay. <sighs> I'm going to cry. <laughs> I'm just thinking about all the good cartoons that were canceled just so they could get a second season of this. Two seasons of this of this cartoon, yes. Oh, God. Um, uh, I noticed oh, that, um, of all people, uh, Joe Piscopo is a regular voice actor on this. Uh, I think he plays one of the villains. I don't know which one. Sheriff Terrible. Oh, uh, terrible. Uh, I just got that. Oh, my God. Because he's a bull. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it is Joe Piscopo. He's a reoccurring character that also plays a masked villain of some sort, which, like, there's only, like, one bull of his size and his horn type. Yeah, and no really one ever figured like... this out. I've always wondered why no one could figure out why Superman was Clark Kent. I mean, just seriously. Right. How many other people are six foot eight, a wall of muscle, and just happen to have the same curl? Oh, you have glasses on. Okay. Right, it's like, what do you do, Clark? Is like uh, Pilates. Like, what does he do all day to keep his shape? You know, I mean, <laughs> and you never seen him at his desk with like Pilates bands, right, or something, or like like a gym bag. You know, dude never walks around with a gym bag. If you walked around with a gym bag to work every day, people wouldn't ask twice about it. Yeah, um, here's some of the other cheesy ass names: uh, Lily Bovine, Cody Calf, Calamity, Kate Custard. Now, why not call her Calamity Jane? What's with the? Cal- <laughs> I don't understand. That seems like an obvious. Well, because this cartoon hates everybody, oh, including the viewers. Uh, we also have Mayor Oscar Bulloni, uh, Skull <laughs> Duggery, Boot Hill Buzzard, Saddle Sore, Bat Blastigun. Oh, that's just stupid. <laughs> yeah, no, these are definitely cartoon toys, like direct cartoon toys. Oh, man. I'm trying to see if there's any other familiar names in here. Uh, Kay Lenz, who was in a bunch of stuff when I was a kid. Robbie Benson, Ruth Buzzy, Brad Garrett. Oh, my God, Brad Garrett. Oh, I love Brad Garrett. I wonder what place he played. He played Longhorn Silver in the episode Cow Pirates of Swampy Cove, which I'll never find out because I'm not watching another goddamn episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got uh, Mark Hamill, of course. This is when he was full uh, on into voice work. Um, oh, man. Oh, Sally Struthers. Do you remember oh, really? those commercials <laughs> that would make you feel so guilty? Like, children are starving everywhere. You're like, oh, I'm eating. Don't make... I'm going to start cracking my bowl of cereal. <laughs> my 12th bowl. <laughs> I'll have a penny to give you. It costs too much. Okay. Try again next time. Uh, Rob Paulson, who most people know from you know, Animaniacs and uh, yeah. Pinky yeah. Zonk. What we got to do tonight, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> you see, like, what do we ever do, like, a good what the fuck Pinky in the Brain? Because they have some pretty what the fuck episodes. They did. Oh, there's some weird stuff in there, man. I, that's one of those. Uh, that and um, Freakazoid. Both really yeah. bizarre cartoons. This is during uh, an era when cartoons were so wild and creative, and yet we got this toy bullshit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, you know, Peaking the Brain and like Freakazoid, even though they were what the fuck, they were fun to watch. Yes. Whereas in this, yeah. this like they tried to have a storyline and it was garbage. It was terrible. Uh, you know, it seemed like, okay, so maybe it's nostalgia washing my brain clean of it, but it seemed like the toy-related cartoons of the 80s had so much more depth 
And then Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles came out, and they're like, okay, we're, this one's excellent. Let's just keep ripping this off, but at lower, lower levels. Did, did you watch The Visionaries? Because I'm going to have to disagree with you a little bit. Uh, no, that's coming up actually in about two weeks. We're doing Defenders of the Earth and Visionaries. We'll find out if those suck. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, Visionaries was visually cool and pretty, but the cartoon itself was like, I don't even know what's going on. How do they really know what's going on here? <laughs> I've been drunk this whole time. Wait, no, I haven't. <laughs> this just makes me feel like I am. Um, but, uh, but, but, yeah, you know, like the, the 90s cartoons was more about... Uh, like, how how can we make this into a plastic model without it being too expensive? Okay, now turn that into a cartoon for us. They, and, and whoever designed the, the animation, it's fine. There's nothing really, really wrong with it. But you can clearly see that it's exact replicas of the toys. Whereas, you know, when you had a Transformer, it didn't exactly look like the Transformer in the cartoon. <laughs> well, more recently it does. But back in the day, it was more about... Because, yeah, like, they were just kind of amorphous things that somehow transformed. And yeah. then, like, the toy makers had to figure out, okay, how can we make it look like this? Yeah, and then look like that. Like, well, uh, we can get like this. It's like, close enough. Let's go. I'm looking at this here. A special event, exclusive edition of a Archie Comics. Uh, Archie Comics actually had the rights to Cowboys of Moo Mesa for you know uh, issues. And in 2007, at a special convention, they gave away a free edition. There was a convention for Cowboys of Moo Mesa. Is this what I'm fucking reading? Why can't we have nice things? This is bullshit. Uh, we're not going to make it to 20 minutes. It's not even going to happen. But I, real quickly, because we're never going to discuss this again. Um, uh, okay, so we, we have all these other bullshit ones. Uh, biker Mice from Mars. Um, mm-hmm. Adolescent Radioactive Black Belt Hamsters. Um, uh-huh. uh, street Sharks. Jesus. We did Street Sharks, uh-huh. and I just kept thinking how... Uh, it was worse. It was way worse than Mumesa. Yeah, I, I, as a kid, it was very like flash in the pan. Like, oh, look at these terms, and like they're cool, and they skateboard, and like watching it now, you're like, this is so bad. Ugh. This is like really, really bad. Well, how I can't they, believe they, they were able to take turtles, which I guess are kind of adorable in their own way. I mean, it's not the first, you know, cartoony. Uh, what, what's that one? Um, there was a. Uh... Um, of course, the one in the Bugs Bunny cartoon, you know, the tortoise and the hare, which was cute. And then in um, Pogo, they had a cute turtle. So, I mean, I guess it's not insane, but they found a way to make it appealing in an animated version. Plus, the characters were wild and crazy. The villains were fun. And then it's just like, well, they just took the concept. Like, oh, just, just take an ugly creature and try to make it cool, like badass. And that's all. That's the, that's the furthest they went with that thought. I think they're more on the lines of, like, we have some really cool, like, catchphrases, like, cowabunga. Yeah. What about shark attack and <laughs> Jawsome? I like Jawsome. Jawsome. Did they seriously say that in Street Sharks? I must have watched that. They don't stop saying it. It's, it's, oh. it's between either shark attack or Jawsome. Those are the common phrases said in Street are, Shark. Are there phrases in this, Cowboys and Moomasics? Because I feel like there's that one redneck dipshit one that must have had a bunch of cheesy phrases. No, but like they they throw out all the things that no cowboy ever said in their lifetime. Like yippee ki yay! I'm like, I don't, I don't know. If that's a real thing. Yeah, I think yeah. that's primarily just a like a movie thing. <laughs> yeah. It's just funny what people think. Like I'm pretty sure no cowboys were all white uh, because yeah, it would just get yeah. disgusting in one day. You know, they had to wear these things yeah. like, for a week on end. Yeah, like they lived on the dust bowl with like the muck and the cows. Like it's it's what's even stranger about the cowboys of Mesa is that there were no cows. Like. <laughs> Like, other than themselves, and they didn't wrangle themselves, you know? It was yeah. like, 
So like, it made sense that they were bounty hunters or, or whatever that they were, because you know, they wrangled up bad guys, so they were cowboys, but they had no point wrangled any cows. And so I don't think the people that made the show know what actual cowboys did. Dude, I'm looking at the advertisement for this, and I didn't know that this was actually on Saturday mornings. This wasn't one of those like shitty ones you'd find like 4 o'clock in the afternoon on some like obscure channel like you know before uh, the WB was the WB. This was on ABC. Saturday mornings. This was like a big rollout for them. Oh my god, what oh what other cartoons premiered this year? I wanna know. <laughs> nineteen ninety two. Cartoons premiering in nineteen ninety two and what didn't make it to a uh, uh, pre- premiered and I'm looking this I'm doing this right now, I'm sorry, I have what, to know. What didn't even last two seasons in ninety two? What deserved two seasons and didn't get it? No, right? <laughs> cartoons <laughs> that premiered in nineteen ninety two. Let's see. Okay, well, okay. Obviously, Batman. Uh, that was a beautiful masterpiece that continued for years and years. Yeah, still talked about to this day. I mean, it's just they, they did good. You know, there's no way around that one. All right, the Plucky Duck Show. That I didn't even remember that at all. Plucky it was on Duck. show. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Adam's Family uh, cartoon, um, which I think. Was yeah, that was much better than this. Uh, I don't know what the hell Jim Henson's Dog City. What's that? Uh, no clue. Next one. <laughs> Conan the Adventurer. Oh, that was a classic. Yeah, I'm seeing I don't it. know if it, I, I don't know if I'd say it was good, but it was fun. And for some reason, there was a phoenix that came out of a shield. Uh, I really? It was cool. Okay, I would watch yeah. that a million times before I watch another episode of this. <laughs> like, do you remember Pirates of Darkwater? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, never imagine finished? that with Conan. <laughs> uh, um, Raw Tunage. I don't know what the hell that is. That sounds mm-hmm. like something that was probably on Nickelodeon. Yeah. Uh, Sailor Moon, which I've never oh, seen. Oh, oh, yeah, no, that's a that's a classic for me. I've seen all those. Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, that's like around. And My Little Pony Tales. That's all I could find. Okay. Well, you know, I mean, it's it's no Defenders of Dinotron City. But... <laughs> uh, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. Oh, my goodness. Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, Denver the Last Dinosaur. There's a lot of dinosaur stuff coming around that time. Um, we also have Goof Troop. Um, oh, man, I watched that for days on end in syndication. Fievel's American Tales. Uh... Ooh, Eek the Cat! I love Eat the Cat. Eat the Cat. Kumbaya. I love Eat the Cat. <laughs> Eat the Cat's another one of those super bizarre ones that like didn't really have any storyline per se. It was all about just being out there and weird. Yeah, you know what? It must have just been a really bad year for animation because the only one thing here that really like lasted, it seems, was uh, X-Men. Just, uh... Oh. Okay, oh, so man, this, is what, this is what didn't get renewed. Uh, James Bond Jr. Oh, I love James Bond Jr. Uh, super Mario fun. World. That was okay. Um, uh, Dan- Danger Mouse, yeah, Danger Mouse. Well, that lasted for like five or six years. That seems reasonable. Yeah, Danger Mouse wasn't bad. That's about it. I guess, yeah, it was just a rough time for animation because I'm not really seeing anything here that got canceled. Uh, oh, Darkwing Duck got canceled in 1991? Really? What? So that was on ABC. So they clearly chose not to continue with Darkwing <laughs> Duck and said, Cowboys and Moves Maze, though, we're not only going to greenlight it, we're going to double down on it. <laughs> Dude, there's people clamoring today. About them bringing back Darkwing Duck, which uh, like, have you seen the uh, the new voice actors for the new uh, Ducktales? No, who who's in it? Um, they got a bunch of really good characters. I mean, it's kind of weird not having Huey, Dewey, and Louie have duck accents. They just talk normally. What? Um, yeah, like they just they just talk as is. But uh, like Donald Duck has a standard accent because uh, you know he's a very hard Disney character. Um, but uh, Scrooge McDuck is played by David Tennant with a really hard uh, accent, but he does a really good job at it. I'm kind of surprised with who they went with Launchpad McQuack, because uh, like, the guy they went, had, it feels a little bit like Patrick Warburton. As a Jim but Belushi? I feel like, 
was yeah, like I feel like if they had just gotten Patrick Warburton, it would have been like twenty million times better. Uh, who'd they get? Um, I, I can't think of his name for the life of me. Like, I just I just heard his voice and he just he sounded like like a mixture of like Warburton and Brad Garrett combined into one person, but not as good. Uh, who's the guy that was on uh, Drew Carey that did the voice for uh, Batman uh, Brave and the Bold? Oh God, uh, what was that? Not not Colin Markery, but the other guy. Uh, oh shit! Uh, yeah, but, you know he was in Beverly Hillbillies and um, uh, he yeah, good, like, uh, he's a good, he's Ryan good. Stiles. No, not Ryan Stiles. It's the other guy. Dang damn it! Uh, all right, I'm looking up right now. Oh, is it Bobby Moynihan is doing Launchpad? No, no, it's not him. It's somebody else. Okay. Uh, I'll remember what the other guy's name. I've been watching Drew Carey like crazy. You'd think I would remember. Uh, yeah. He plays Oswald. Um, big oh, I know what you're talking about. All right, so here we uh, go. We have the voice actors. Uh, Beck Bennett is playing Launchpad. Really? From Saturday Night Live? Yeah, like, it's, it's not, he's not bad, but, like, man, like, Warburton would have just nailed it. Right. I was actually really surprised by that. Um, God, okay, you know what? Obviously, we're milking this episode for all it's worth. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're not even talking about the Cowboys anymore because it's so bad. We're literally yes, just going yes. on a tangent because it would make everybody feel better inside. Um, what I will say is this. At least they didn't greenlight a season two on Hammerman, which is <laughs> another thing. Like, <laughs> oh, that's so bad. Some of the things that we watch, Michael, I swear. I know. It's, it's like we hate ourselves. Um, here it yeah. is. Uh, Diedrich Bader. I, I don't know why I can't remember that. It's such a unique name. All right, well, you know, for all you guys listening out there, uh, if you have any uh, recommendations for us, anything that you want to kind of eye-torture us with, let us know. We always take in uh, whatever you have available. Yeah, and uh, let's, let's talk about your podcast real quick, because I am stunned at how fast that show got to where it needed to be, to be one of the best things I've ever heard. Above the airwaves, um, on Facebook, you can check them out there. Uh, you're on iTunes, Stitcher, um uh, iHeartRadio. We just we just got uh, YouTube back up again. We started off with having YouTube up, but for some reason they wouldn't be okay. They weren't okay with it, and we had to go through a bunch of loops and hops in order to get it up and going. But I, uh, yeah, it's because of the sound clips because they're copyrighted, right? They they find um, the music clips. Honestly, stuff. like that's not even it because like like you're allowed to use sound clips up to a certain extent as long as it's not playing for like longer than like thirty seconds or something like that for fair use. Apparently, that's uh, the, a myth. Myth. I, I've, I've been told that that's actually uh, complete bullshit, that someone just made that up and has been spreading that. You you really should check, because I think it's anything, even a second or two, it, it counts. Mm. I, I think, I mean, it, it also depends. There's a couple other things, too, but... Uh... But for the most part, though, uh, like, we've been getting our episodes released. Uh, we've been basically lobbying Fair Use Act and what right. have you. Well, and, if, it's, uh... if it's a review... It's legal. If you use it in a review, you're completely allowed to use it. But YouTube's yeah. been so strict on this. Now, are you guys doing video or audio only on YouTube? Um, audio, audio only so far. Uh, we've been talking about doing some video, but uh, it's just like we've already like been working really hard on getting the production value of our audio really high, which is why we've been allowed to be doing it on so many different stations. Because uh-huh. uh, uh, you know, like iHeartRadio has very strict rules on what they're allowed on their stations, what have you. But uh, for the most part, though, it's uh, it's it's in the works. We've been talking about it, and we just haven't uh, locked down on how we want to do it yet. We did do one episode of Quantum Leap where you can find the video online, and you can sync up with our with ours as well. And we're discussing other methods of doing uh, audio syncs, kind of like uh, riff tracks, if you will. Oh, okay. Which uh, like, like riff tracks are legal because they just they have a, their own talking track, uh-huh. and then you just layer that on top of whatever movie you're watching, and there is no copyright infringement on that. All right, so check out their show. It's definitely entertaining. Um, 
I think my favorite has been the Hawk the Slayer and Sword of the Sorcerer. Oh that goodness. was great. Uh, you guys talked about Toy Soldiers, which I was like, oh my god, I, I forgot about that movie even existing, and I'm a movie hound. You'd think I would have remembered. <laughs> oh, man. Like, watching that, I was like, holy crap. You know, like, I, it's been so long since I'd seen it. I was like, oh my goodness. Look at these, look at these kids. Oh, yeah. Or the Mom and Dad Save the World Stay Tuned episode. <laughs> you guys went way more in depth than we did a couple years ago. It's like uh, so much richer listening to your version <laughs> oh like I, I think we've just gotten a lot better about just tearing things apart like it, it's it's tough sometimes because you, you want to love some of these movies and sometimes you're like okay let's, let's talk about all the weird things going on let's talk about like the really bad things really dumb things yeah you know like even even after like we'll tear a movie apart we'll real grade it high or vice versa like we'll just like praise a movie and we'll grade it lows like yeah blah 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 but personally i didn't like it you know <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I have too much ADD in order to really... It's it's hard for me to sit still. It's, it's ridiculous. You should have seen me in the beginning when I started doing this show where we're doing commentaries for movies that didn't have commentary tracks. I would get yeah. about to the 60-minute moment going, oh, God, finish this movie. I've run out of things to say. I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really tough, and it really... It, it takes a lot to get a commentary track going, and I think a big part of it is, is that... Like, we work well together, we, you know, like, go about on top of each other, and then we also have Amy in there as well for yeah. the, for, like, the non, you know, like, masculine, like, identity part of it. It's like, okay, you know, like, what's what's the non-testosterone I'll tell you? Because, <laughs> you know, it's, well, it's usually a good part. It's a good balance when it's but uh, no, thanks for the thanks for the uh, the plug. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, we wouldn't be here without you because literally we started off doing a cover show for you to begin with, and uh, we just we enjoyed it so much we kept going with it. And you know, hopefully we'll keep going. Good, with it. We've good. almost had a year, almost at like fifty some odd episodes now. So we'll yeah. see how it goes from there. Um, and speaking of, uh, they started off doing like fill-in episodes for Back in Tunes and, and Trash Cinema and stuff like that. Uh, if you like animation, check out our page Back in Tunes, which is where you'll find the What the Fuck Tunes episodes as well. Um, this summer I'll probably be taking off, uh, back in tunes and I'm going to bug these two into doing some for us this summer, maybe doing some anime cause we never, we hardly ever discuss any anime or whatever yeah, you want. No. Maybe get a second yeah, perspective on a cartoon that we've already done. And if you want to, uh, you know, Michael on our show or if you want us on Michael's, you know, let us know as well because we're always willing to uh, do some crossover for uh, doing the different points of view. It would be interesting. Yeah, I, well, I need to come there. I think I need to stay overnight and, and do, like, knock out a couple episodes or something like that. Yeah. Or um, or or I can record it live here. Why are we talking about this on air? This is ridiculous. Everybody, uh, have a good night. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is awkward. Good night, everybody. It's awkward. <laughs>